What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We're back for our final defensive scouting podcast, summer scouting podcast with myself. And I've dragged him back for another defensive position. Although he did say he can play two ways last time we got him on. But Keith, welcome back, mate. Um, obviously got you back on from the linebacker and safety pod that we did a couple of weeks ago. Today, we're hitting up the edge and the D-line, the big guys and the rock stars, in my opinion. How are you, mate? You all right? Looking forward to this one. I am, mate, yeah, because this is, yeah, I like these positions. Uh, we did these last year, didn't we? And we did. I think we did all right last year. I think we nailed a few. Um, yeah, the, the edge is always, yeah, edge is always exciting. I don't mind the interior guys because I, I, I won't lie, I think my favourite group is still the offensive linemen, but I get to see these groups go all the time and... Uh, this would be. This is much more fun than doing the linebackers and safeties, mate. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that was like torture. We, I think we we align on our positions that we 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 enjoy, don't we? In terms of like we we like the edge, we like the D line. I know you love mm. the the offensive line as well. Not so much for me. I prefer the defensive back. So I don't don't really mind the safeties. What we did, but obviously the linebackers. I think we we both feel feel that's a a similar torture. But um, yeah, like I say, <laughs> we I think we got through it well, and we had to. Uh, the similar similar takes on, on some of them. But yeah, like I say, moving moving on, we're going to kind of go through the same sort of role, really, same sort of um, format, five top fives, under and over eight players, as we've been doing the whole summer. And um, we're going to start with a, what we deem the lesser position, I guess, in terms of the interior <laughs> defensive line. Um, so, mate, why don't you just kick us off? Why don't you kick us off with your number five interior defensive line? Right, number five. So, I've got a few of these. I think they were graded very, very similarly. But I'm going to go with someone that I, I think I had him as an underrated guy last year, and that's Robert Cooper of Florida State. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just going to read my notes off because uh, <laughs> it's easy to be waffling, really. <laughs> I've got a truly, a truly big man and the best one I watched with this skill set. A pure power and wins a lot of reps by just outmuscling an offensive line. Immensely powerful. You can't knock him off his base. Uh, if he's going forwards, it's frightening. Um, he does all the dirty work. Probably never going to be a stat filler. He's there purely to to clog up those lanes and let other people make the plays. Um, there's not a lot I don't like about him. Effort sometimes, if I'm going to be critical, there seems to be taking plays off. But he's a massive man. Um, we didn't have a problem with Jordan Davis running out of a bit of mm. puff. I think Cooper suffers that same thing. Um, he's one of my favourite I say sleeper guys. Um, I think there's a fairly higher opinion of him, but perhaps not as high as, as I've got him. Remember, these five for me are not going to be where they're drafted. These are my favourite five yeah. players because they won't get drafted in this order, I can assure you. Um, but Cooper, yeah, just a, a big, threatening, powerful man. Not a lot of nuance to him, I guess. He's, he's a big old-fashioned, thumping, big fella. Uh, yeah. But there is there is a place for those. They're just not overly valued, I guess, in the NFL. <clears throat> but I think, you know, I, I like him, yeah. He's not actually a player I watch. I wanted to put him on my list late on, but I didn't get time to get around to him. Um, within our group, obviously, as listeners will know, long time as we know, we've got Andy, who is a Florida State fan, uh, which is where Robert Cooper plays his football. And he did mention him quite late on in my kind of tape watching for this episode and didn't actually quite kind of get around to him. So he's not on my list, but he's definitely someone that I want to get eyes on in the near future. I want to kind of mention this, and it's interesting that you kind of brought up that he's, I can't remember exactly you phrased it, but you said basically he's like the best one of this kind. I'm going to guess you mean like these big nose tackles. Yeah, the limited skill set, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in how this episode or this section of the episode is going to develop then, because I think there's quite a lot of decent, bigger kind of nose tackly guys. I've got a couple of them in my my top five, (laughs) so I don't know if that means we're going to see this completely differently or have just graded these guys completely differently. Um, so that's going to be one to watch, I think, for the next twenty minutes or so. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think I know. I think I know you're talking of a couple of you're talking about. I will. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> they'll be coming up fairly, fairly soon. But yeah, no, I think there's a couple of them, and I think um, I'm going to raise a couple of points 
um, kind of based on what you've just said in terms of value um, moving on. But my number five guy, if I can kind of dovetail off the back of you, isn't one of these bigger guys. He's actually one of the, I won't say smaller guys, I'm still talking about a 300 pound plus man, but mm-hmm. it's uh, Javon Dexter from Florida is my number five. Uh, he's, I'll say only 318, but I think he's the smallest guy on my on my list. Or maybe the number one guy might be a bit smaller. Um, probably is actually a bit smaller. Anyway, um, yeah, massive, like you said, massive but athletic, and he's just really, really strong. I think he's got a good first step for a man that big, and this is kind of getting into that Jordan Davis kind of territory, isn't it? Where you're looking at these guys and you're you're looking like how big they are, and you're thinking, how the bloody hell do you move like that? Like for you know, and have that nimble footwork, and you know, have the almost like coordination to coordinate both your hands and your feet at the same time. Um, although I say that about Jovan Dexter, and I'm saying that as a kind of a general point, I guess, but he doesn't really move his hands and his feet at the same time. I don't think he really has a great pass rush plan. <laughs> he doesn't really move his hands, you know, as quickly as he kind of wants to. I don't think, and he's kind of it almost seems like that disconnect between what he wants to do. He's kind of overthinking it, and he just doesn't kind of do it, do you know what I mean, without thinking about it in terms of his pass rush plan. He's, he's pretty decent against the run, but then again, you know, you're a 318-pound man, so you probably should be. But I feel like the fact that he doesn't kind of put it all together and it all doesn't flow, I don't I feel that, that really takes away from the dominant player that he could be, which I'll say this about a couple of other people, I think, throughout the episode, but I feel like that shows that he isn't a complete package. So as much as I'm saying that's a negative at the minute, it does show that the ceiling's there if he kind of puts it together. Hopefully, after a couple of dark years as well, Florida are going to be pretty decent under Billy Napier <laughs> as well. So hopefully we'll see a bit of a jump from him. But I feel like I almost had him as my overrated player as well because I feel like I've heard a lot about him and then he just basically just snuck into my top five. So um, is it a player that you've got in your top five at all, mate? <laughs> He's my overrated guy. Hmm. Uh, okay, so we're fairly but, close in that. Yeah, but in all fairness, um, the flashes are really, really good. I wrote him up um, on a game, I think it was the Alabama game last year okay. when I was doing the, the reviews and I highlighted Dexter because he wasn't draft eligible and I just said this is someone that in that game was just amazing. Um, absolutely dominated Alabama. So I went back and had a look and I watched a whole cup against Tennessee and it's exactly what you're saying, that inconsistencies are yeah. scary. Um, the highs are really high. Um I think it's a proper five star. I think this is a, a proper high recruit coming out. Um, so I just find frustrating. Um, if Florida can get the get one, all he needs really is one good season, and we are talking a first round player because of the elite size, speed, and athleticism and, yeah. and traits that he has, especially um, coming from the SEC as well. Yeah, yeah, look, he's he's got everything. It's just not there at the moment, and I thought overrated. That's a little bit harsh on him, to be honest, because I said I, the flashes are too good, really, to, to be... I, I was struggling to put an overrated feather in because I quite like most of these, in, in you know, to a degree. Um, but, yeah, I think one solid year, and he will shoot up balls, yeah. Um, I'm just... These kind of guys, I mean, I sort of put in my notes, I find him a bit DeMarvin Leal-like, not in size, but in that frustrating watch... Where in the same game you can see plays where you just mm. think, "Oh wow, this is something," and the same the next play, uh, can't be bothered. Or yeah, like you said, I, I don't want to do my ends. Where, where, yeah, where yeah. am I going? There's no. <laughs> you'd have thought by now there'd be something there, um, but this is boost third year, so yeah. Yeah, I think in that sense, I think we are pretty similar because I almost like mm. to say, well. Well, he made my top five, so I couldn't really say overrated, but because I always do it as a separate thing. But he, if he didn't make the top five, he would have been because I've heard, like I say, a lot of talk. And I think a lot of the same sort of points that you've raised are pretty similar to what would have made him my overrated player had he sort of made it there, if you see what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah interesting. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go for my number four player, and that is uh, Marzi Smith from Michigan. Um, 6'3", 226 pounds. Um, interestingly, and I didn't actually know this. Well, I didn't know it until I found it out, obviously, that kind of with every fact I see <laughs> that you find out. But 
I didn't think that he would be this until I read it, and that's the number one player on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Freak list, yeah. Because he obviously watched a lot of Michigan, just like every college football fan last year, as they had a, an amazing season, and he never really stood out too much. You know when you're just watching as a fan on TV? Yeah. And you, you, he isn't kind of one of these players that jumps off the screen. Again, it's going to be something I mentioned about a few players throughout this episode. He's obviously very, very strong and he's obviously very, very kind of nimble when you actually do concentrate on him just watching him solely. Um, you know, he's he's got the ability to be that real two-down run stuffer. Um, he's got that insane strength, like I said before. He really lacks the length and he, he kind of plays in like a phone box, as they say, it's a bit too much. And, um, you know, again, he's another one who doesn't really have, in terms of a pass plan, much going on. So he's a player who's incomplete, but, you know, in terms of, and I know you mentioned earlier that these aren't the sort of order in which these players are going to be drafted, but we know that the NFL bets on this kind of upside so much, especially in these positions. You know, um, John Davis, who's like basically the, the absolute pinnacle of that, you know, went 13 overall last year when he still had some detractors about, I say, like fitness levels and whether he was a good pass rusher and things like that. You know, and I'm not saying Marzi Smith or John Davis are the same player, but they're kind of cut from the same cloth in some senses in terms of their athleticism for the position. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's received and how his sort of uh, season progresses in terms of how his perception through the draft cycle. But he's got it all there. And I do think he's going to be a decent player, or at least have like a chance to be a good player because he does have this such high ceiling in terms of his athletic upside. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, um, he's not on my list. Um, him and Keandre Coburn of um, Texas were two I wanted to get to because I think they're quite similar where, um, again, the flashes are really quite good and they're, they're sort of freak athletes. But yeah, I never got around to, to Marzi Smith. Uh, but I do remember, yeah, watching the game type or, or, or sort of broadcast as, as it happens. Mm. Um, the flashes are there, yeah. But like most teams, they rotate in so many players that... yeah. Yeah, how often are they on the field? You know, um, not many of these are full time. Well, actually, yeah, looking down my list, I'm not sure many of them were, were proper full had full time roles. Yeah, for a very yeah. good reason. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, not on my list. Um, Who's your number, number four? Then, four yeah, number four for me is the guy that you're definitely going to have at number two. It's Brian Brassi. He is at my number two, so I'll just come out and say that straight away since you've got it on the nose. But yeah, go for it. Why, yeah. why is he so low? Because I think that that is how listeners will perceive this as being quite low. Yeah. I feel like you're going to be lower on him than the consensus. Yeah, look, this is going to be more... I, I feel like I'm Clemson bashing after, <laughs> uh, after Trent and Simpson, but... Have we got more of that coming later on as well when we discuss the edges, have we? Oh. Uh, not so much, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that one's all right. Um a Brassi's fight that is, I, I don't want to be critical of him. I put him at four. At one point, he was going to be my overrated player. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. But there's there's two things that bother me with him. Um, it is consistency again. Again, I see, I, I see unbelievable plays, plays that are worthy of the five star that he was. He may have even been the number one recruit in the entire country. I can't remember. But, um, you know, we see that at times. And then I just see him being handled um, by one, you know, a solitary lineman. I'm thinking, hmm. And then you go and tear your ACL. So the tape we have, there's not a great deal of tape. We're, we're banking on the flashes that we've seen, which are great. They are great. You know, the um, the Georgia game, the first game of the season last year, he was dominant. Um, mm, and there's some yeah. decent, decent drafted linemen on that Georgia line. Um, he's dominant there, but then what? Three or four weeks later, he's torn his ACL. We've got some sketchy and limited tape of a freshman the year before. So what are we? Do you know what I mean? Um, I said if he, I can see why people are projected, but I'm I'm taking them at what they are now, and what they are now is is he's a semi frustrating guy again because talent in the world. He's a much better player than Dexter. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know the the flashes of him are, are higher than it's, like Dexter's sort of a, a Brassy light, I think. Um, I just want to see more consistency, and I need we need to see him on the field because if he gets injured again, because he's going to come out. He's clearly when you're that top kind of recruit, you're only doing three years. You're not going to hang around. Mm. You're going to back, yeah, for sure. Your, your pub from the from from your recruiting. Um, 
So if he gets injured again, there's going to be some massive question marks. I mean, I hope he doesn't. Um, yeah. Just, I just like a couple of other guys more just for consistency. Like I said, there's no way he's getting drafted fourth on this list. If everything goes to plan, he'll be the second one for sure. But on the players that have impressed me, yeah, he was number four. It is. He does have question marks and he does have inconsistencies. So I definitely, again, it kind of goes back to what I think we said in the previous episode that we did together in the fact that I feel like we see the players in the same way sometimes, but we just value them slightly differently. Because I do, like I say, I have him two spots ahead. Mm. He, like I say, he's physically imposing. He's got great first step. He's a gap penetrator. Um, but yeah, like I say, the in- injuries are there. And you're right, he was the number one. Um, recruiting the 2020 recruiting class, and I think he's one of the highest recruits on 24/7 recruiting the all you know, of all time. So he's definitely got that pedigree that, like you say, just going back to earlier on when I was talking about the SEC. I know this isn't the SEC, but it's the same thing. It's looking for pedigree, isn't it? In terms of mm-hmm. um, you know, have we got someone who can do it at a high level or have that high ceiling? And that's what you get when you play in that conference or if you're a high recruit. That's what NFL seems like. Um, I just think that, yeah, with those highs, maybe it is a bit of project- projection, but you just think we've heard about this guy for so long. It's like been that dominant sort of high school tape that's kind of gone viral, you know, and it kind of sticks with you, doesn't it? And I just think, like you say, if he puts it all together, then he's going to be a dominant player, you know, because he's, he's, there's nothing worse for quarterbacks in the NFL in 2022 than interior pressure. You know, the best player in the league is an interior defensive lineman, and he shows them how to do it. So, yeah, it's one to watch for sure on how his season goes because, again, it could be like injuries ruin him, even if he doesn't, you know, even if it's not a major injury, if it's just like, you know, an injury here, misses a couple of weeks there, misses one here, and he just has a bit of an inconsistency, then it's like, well, what are we working with here? Because, like you say, it's like Derek Singley thing, isn't it? Of like, when was his last tape that was really yeah. to hang his hat on? And it was two or three years ago. That's true. And it didn't hurt Stingley and did it. So, you know, it might not hurt. Receiver, I just clearly the talents there. I'm not, yeah, I'm not denying that. But the mm. flashes are are incredible, and, and yeah, some of those plays are absolutely phenomenal for someone of that size. Uh, yeah, just I just need more tape. I just need I need to see that more consistently. I need to sort of bury that injury thing. So that's why for now, yeah, he will stay at four for me. Okay, um, I'll move on to my number three guy. Um, obviously, I've already done my number two. And um, this is where we get into the my favourite of the big guys. And this is one who I was thinking, oh, you might not have because of what you said about Robert Cooper, but what if we'll find out in a minute. Um, it's Siaki Ika from Baylor. Um, six foot four, 260 pounds there or thereabouts. Um, this guy's an absolute bowling ball. And it's a phrase that you kind of hear about a lot of these players when they are, well, it's not even short, is he? Six foot four, but, you know, 230, uh, sorry, 200, sorry, 360 pounds. Excuse me. He's just a huge nose tackle. Um, like I say, a gap penetrator as well. And I feel like because of his background and where he's kind of from, another Polynesian player, he's going to draw comparisons with Vita Bea a little bit, which I don't know if he'll do him some favours or not, because Bea is a truly kind of special athlete at the position. And he was a great college player and he's turned that into a you know a good starting career in the NFL as well. Um, the kind of drawbacks, though, is because even though he's that big, he's not... He doesn't seem like he's got that good of a season in the run game so far. I think he, like, he gets knocked back. And if he's trying to hold his ground rather than take ground from whoever has got heads up against a bit, heads up against him, he, he doesn't really have a great anchor. Um, but like I said before, he's got production in the pass rush game. And like I said before, going back to what I said about Brzee, you know, interior pressure is king at the moment in the NFL. This is what I wanted to bring up, though, and it's kind of going back to what you said right at the beginning in the fact that, you know, the value of these players is, I don't know about you, but I feel like the sort of odd front defence is coming back in fashion a little bit more, whereas over the past 10 years or so, it was very much like even fronts only and like playing like a 3-4 or a 5-2, as it probably truly is. It was out, it wasn't really in vogue, but now it's coming back a lot. So these like two these kind of guys who can hold two gaps quite comfortably, you know, he'll need to get a bit stronger against the run, obviously. But I think that these these guys are coming back into fashion. So maybe we'll see these kind of players be a bit more valued than they would have been previously. What do you reckon is that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think um you well, a lot of the time now you're gonna stand up two guys at the end of the line and have a big man in the middle of that, um, mm. trying to 
yeah, clog stuff. Uh, <laughs> my problems with eco, not, I mean, I on my grading scale, I go through all, all the games I've watched, and of course, he was at LSU first, and at LSU, he was terrible. Mm. The games are graded off him, awful. Uh, so unfortunately, that is bringing his overall score down for me, but I've tried to look past that. Um, but I just still see, like you said, in the run game, which is where he should be dominant, he isn't. Mm. And what we're seeing is pass rush flashes, which is really odd for someone of that. It's size. like it's almost like having a tackle who's like really good at pass protection coming out of college, but not a great like run blocker, which is almost <laughs> like yeah. the, the opposite way around to what it should be. You think it is? Yeah, it is. You, you don't usually see. Yeah, that that's that's a, a massive human in the middle, uh, but in the run game he can get moved, and you mm. think that's odd because yeah, he's got really active hands and feet when it comes to pass rushing. Why are we not shedding blocks to make plays against the run? Um, so that's my problem with him. Um, but again, I like him. I do like him. I think um, I like Robert Cooper more for that similar. Like Robert Cooper for me is much more all better all rounder than that. The flashes for Eco obviously quite high um and like like you said like if you if you want the quickest way to the quarterback straight through the middle yeah you get someone like this coming at you yeah that's that's a worthy pick but I'd, we need to see a lot more strength i think against the run yeah I'm, I'm i would say that i'm i am projecting quite a lot because i didn't really love the group overall so i feel like mm-hmm. i kind of morphed my grades a little bit into like what can this guy be rather than what he is now because I might have struggled for a top five if I hadn't <laughs> have done that. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because, you know, like I say, these, these guys all have warts really apart from maybe number one who will probably have unanimously across not just me and you, but across everyone who kind of does this sort of thing, I would say. Yeah. Ironically, when I did the offensive line with Raj, I spent most of my time doing projections. <laughs> the, two, the two best tackles for me, one's a guard and one's played four games at tackle. Mm. Um, here I'm, yeah, I've decided I'm kind of lumped with what I see right now rather than projecting. Mm. Ah, fair enough. All right, mate. So, um, yeah, it's going to be back to back for you now. So, take us through your, your number three to begin with. So, I'm going with uh, a number three, Aaron Donald. I mean, Kalija Kensu. <laughs> uh, no. I can see where that came from, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not just the school, this... right? No, not just the school, the size. Um, and to a degree, some of what we see. Uh, I think I'm going to be so much higher on him than everyone else um, because he's an outlier. He can't, yeah, you know, he's six foot just, possibly. He's yeah. about 270 pounds, possibly. Sounds as similar to someone. <laughs> I've read through my notes very quickly. He plays like he's covered in soap. No offensive, <laughs> lineman, can, no offensive lineman can sustain a block on him. Spin, twist, or blast his way through you. 100 miles an hour on every play. Can defeat blockers in a flash and be in the backfield. Obviously, very undersized. But his power and core strength negate the size problem most of the time. And that's true. When you watch the film, he, he's tiny. There's no getting away from it. <laughs> you, know, you can see, you think, what is that size doing in that position? That's wrong. Yeah. And then what we'll see is power that, I don't know, it's just, it's, 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 you've got to see it to believe it. You know, destroying players with power 50 pounds at least heavier. It's, it is incredible. I'm probably going to be too high, like I said, because the NFL's got to take a chance on someone like this. And Donald will get mentioned, obviously, because of Pitt and similar size. Donald's still significantly bigger than him, 10, 15 pounds bigger. And the thing is, you know, what people will say is, well, let's get Kansi, let's get him up 10, 20 pounds. I'm sure he's been trying to do that all his <laughs> life. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm guessing he's maxed out. Otherwise, he would be that size. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't want to be a pro prospect at 270. Um, so I'm guessing we are, we're a maxed out player. By God, I've put as my finishing line. It's first round tape. But it's a free agent size. So, so what do you do with that? Yeah, you know, if someone wants to take a chance, he's a first-round player in my book. Um, he's one of the most frightening and exciting players. He's one of those that, that when you're watching, you go, "You can't do that again." Can you? Oh, God, you have. You, you know, the next drive is must be out of ideas by now. No, my God, it's happening again. You just knew it was always him. Um, 
I do. I think we mentioned this on the last pod. I do have a soft spot for Pitt and their defense, um, but he's he's the star for me. Um, I want him. I want him somehow to put on twenty pounds. Somehow, I don't know how. Lots of burgers. I don't know. Just try it, mate. Just get to sort of two eighty five. Something manageable that we can actually quantify with everyone else. Because I think he'll, yeah, he'll still run fast and still be great. But I really see. Well, to see if he's over twenty one. He just needs a few nights out with the lads, doesn't he? A few beers, kebab. Do that a few he's times. Coming out with me, crikey! I'd love to have the other night. A few of them, Danny, maybe fine. <laughs> no, I agree, mate. I agree with a lot of what you said. It's, it's easy to draw the comparison to Donald because you know we joked obviously about the school and the undersized nature of him, but yeah, he, he plays like a Tasmanian devil, doesn't he? He's, he's ferocious, yeah. and um, I think obviously goes without saying. Obviously, natural leverage at that size. Obviously, is what Donald Donald's really made his mark on. To be honest. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree a lot. He, he didn't make my top five, but he's a player I like. He wasn't really going to be my under or overrated category. Mm. Um, he might have made it into my underrated because I didn't realise someone was going to be so high on him. But um, yeah, he, he's a player that I liked for sure. I think he was like seven or eight for me, to be honest. But um, it's mainly down to the size, like you say. It's not it's not down to his play because he, he does excite and like like you right. We did talk about Pitt's defense, and I've been watching that defense for couple of years now with the players that I've watched for our draft guides. So, yeah, it's a player that I'm, I'm going to be probably watching again in a few months, <laughs> even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I like it, mate. I like it. Um, I've already gone for, obviously, Brian Brzee. my number two. So, back-to-back, uh, -back, like I said before. So, yeah, hit us up with your number two. So, I've got another undersized guy at number two. Um, and this is someone I really like. This is Brandon Dawless. Oh, right. Okay. He's my underrated guy. Ah, cool. Okay. Um yeah, I think I'm, I'm again. I'm high on these two undersized guys. Um, I put classic Tweeno plays well for them, more of an edge than inside. The size and profile are much better suited inside. Quick to engage, strong hands, shocks blockers, um, speed to disengage, and get on a play is very disruptive. Um, I think for me, when I was watching Thibodeau, and my last line is whisper it quietly, but I think he was better than Thibodeau last year. Oh, that's that's spicy, mate. That's a, that's a big take, isn't it? Because Fibs was still very good. But Dawless, for me, I think teams knew as well. I think teams knew that perhaps Kayvon was thinking of the bigger prize and could handle him perhaps a little bit. And they're having to shift stuff to, to try and get over to stuff uh, Dawless up. He's just, he's got the Marvin Leal size there. So we're going to the same <laughs> we, problem. We had a problem with him last year as well, didn't we? We had a massive problem with Leal because, and this is different in a way because at least Dawless tries every play. <laughs> um, Leal, I didn't know what to do with in the end. Uh, I think I put him in, uh, I had him, yeah, I had him as my inside, my, didn't we, yeah. Yeah, and Dawless is someone, like I said, is a similar size, but he's much better suited for that because he doesn't really have the, He's not an edge penetrator. He's, he can't get around that arc, really. Um, he's much stronger than his 280, whatever he is. Um, he's just like, like him and Kensey are neck and neck for me, and they're both similar in the way I like them, that they are just fun, and they are they are destroyers. Mm. Um, and they don't usually fuck up, you know? They're reliable. Um, I like those kind of players. I think the NFL would love... Bigger flashes of from you know from a doorless, but for me, if you that's it, he's, he's number two for me um, because that's that's how much I like him. I don't think the NFL will like him half as much as I do. He's just a fun college player who hopefully can get a home in the NFL somewhere because he's yeah, he's just too good not to be. Yeah, no, he's a player I like. Obviously, a player in the Pac-12 who I watch. Um, more so on the sort of, you know, as a fan game, not, not on, the, you know, game day sort of thing, not on the corps and things like that we used to do this. Um, I did dive into him a little bit, not enough, I don't think, and that's why he's kind of down there as my, oh, uh, sorry, underrated player. Um, but yeah, I think we talked about him over text, didn't we? And he's, he's definitely a player that I kind of like. I see him more as a kind of defensive end in an odd scheme as well, where he can kind of be the hand in the dirt guy. But that 280 size, is, is he's almost in that tween range, isn't he, where he's too big to be a stand-up or a four, a, a defensive end in a four, but he's also not big enough to be one of these, you know, big nose tackles or anything like that. 
he's going to be yeah three tech or a or an odd front defensive end I think in the, in the pros and yeah like you say he, he can definitely do that as well because he can shoot a gap and he can he can disrupt things as well. Um, not sure I'm on board with the the Thibodeau um, take, no. <laughs> but, but um, you know each to their own. To be honest, so, but yeah, I know obviously a player I like, and you know considering that he's now not there, and you know mm. Oregon have got obviously Dan Dan Lanning, who was the Georgia defensive uh, coordinator last year. Obviously, as they won the national championship, it'd be interesting to see how he uses him because the way that the Georgia defensive end works last year was very much in a contained kind of manner, wasn't it? Which doesn't really play into it his was, skill yeah. set. So um we'll see how that goes, I guess. But but um yeah, an interesting player for sure. And he's definitely got a future in the NFL, I think, because he's got he's got a lot of good ingredients to to be successful. Yeah, I like I like him, you're right. I like him as a five tech in an odd front. And perhaps that's what um yeah that's what George might do with him. Um because Trayvon Walker had to play some of that to a degree mm. last year. So um that'll be interesting. And we've mentioned the other pod that Oregon have two, hopefully two linebackers. Yes, that that, that could be special. So um, I'm not saying it's the Georgia front seven from last year, but <laughs> you know, there's some pieces there at least. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I do it's like a really this. good point actually because obviously you know we, we've seen the Georgia linebackers obviously get a lot of production in in their system last year. Obviously, uh, Kay Walker going in the first round. Am I right in saying yes. that? Like, right, Unbelievably, yes. <laughs> so you know when you got like Noah Soul and then Justin Flo as well as I mentioned last time, they could be uh, in for a right good season if they you know, play the similar system as what George do. Whether he does that, you know, kind of copy and paste that over there, I'm not sure. But you know, you don't have the sort of high end athletes or you know the recruiting power to get those high end athletes in year one of Lanning's sort of tenure there. But you know, if if he kind of you know he isn't coming up against the Offensive lines that you're doing the SEC either, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But yeah, obviously throwing the Trayvon Walker pick, so Brandon Gallus number one pick in 2023, obviously. <laughs> um, that's what I said. So, yeah, that's that's it. Um, so let's um, let's move on to the number one. We've obviously got the same guy. It's going to be Jalen Carter out of Georgia, right? Yep. Good. Absolutely. I had to. I, had to, I, had to, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, fully commit. I had to just make sure. Um, yeah, I'll kick off this one since you've done the last two. But yeah, six foot three, three hundred and ten pounds. Junior, obviously playing on that unbelievable line and unbelievable defense last year. Um, the, the athletic ability is just insane, isn't it? Really, you know, motor obviously incredible. Um, gap penetrator again gets gets to the quarterback when he needs to. Uh, kind of almost like outshone John Davis playing next to him last year, didn't he? And, Maybe even the whole the whole that defensive front, which is kind of ridiculous considering how much talent was on it, including the number one pick, as we just said. Um, but yeah, he just jumps off the screen straight away, doesn't he? And I think again, he's been one that's right from the beginning of the draft cycle. As soon as we flipped the page in May, it was like he's right at the top of everyone's list as, as one of the best players in the draft class. What makes him so special then from your point of view, mate? Why is he number one? I remember Oh, I think before the probably the SEC championship game, mm. and um, I remember thinking to myself, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one to think this. I'm sure everyone was thinking it at the same time. We're watching, we're going, Jesus, 88 is better than the other two. <laughs> you know, what's going on here? Who is this? You know, he's, he's, he's not draft eligible. He's better than I've got him as the combination of Davis and, and Wyatt. Davis. With his strength and what's it white with his technical now is a mm. fantastic combination of both, but with effort, which yeah. we thought we yeah. both possibly um, a little bit. Um, I have two players that I've, I've done everyone apart from corners so far. I have two players um, graded significantly higher than the rest. He's one, and we'll get to the other one in a minute. Oh, okay, group. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they are for me. They're the best two players. In college football, um, and I hope to God that we don't have quarterback needy teams at the tops so of these two can go where I think where they really, need to be. Yeah, yeah, where they deserve to go, um, rather than having quarterbacks steal their thunder a little bit. Um, he's just everything is special. There's nothing really you can you can have a pop at because um, it's always making plays. You could argue was he fresh. Being not a full-time start, that's the only thing we're going to throw and we're going to find out this year because obviously he's going to play a lot, lot more this year. That was the only shoot. that was the only thing in my negative column, really. I mean, I've nitpicked about maybe pad level and things like that every now and then, but 
it is always the it's always the way, isn't it, that you think, is it the system, is it the talent around him that makes him but he, he just jumps off the page like the other things that we both said that he just stands out a million miles away. And you know, yeah. how special that unit was last year, and you just think, ah oh, well, he's actually the best one and he's younger than them all as well. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you say, it, it's one of these coming out sort of parties next year, isn't it, of this coming season, you know, which starts yeah. in a week or so. So um yeah, it's is is like I say it's one where he can really turn into that dominant player that everyone knows and is looking up to. And you know, without Will Anderson being there, I'm just gonna drop that spoiler in there because it's obvious. <laughs> um, you know, people might be talking about him being a number one pick as a defensive lineman, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy that he's that good though. I mean, I, I, I had them close and they are like I said, miles above everyone else, and this is a super high Great because Anderson's unbelievable, but yeah, know, <laughs> these two are these two are saying else. And you remember that Davis and White got picked for where did Davis go? 15, 15? 13, Davis did, yeah, 13. Um, and White went 20 something, right? Or the back end, yeah, um, yeah, it was those two Packers picks, one that, yeah, they they didn't, um, they didn't fit up the stat sheet that so that system didn't hinder them from a from at least a box scouting kind of thing, they you know, we could overlook that and see, yeah, what they had. Uh, hopefully, they'll do the same with Carter. Although, I think Carter has a better finish. Do you know what I mean, I think he's always in you know, on a play with the other two, slightly more sporadic with their performance, but yeah, it's just special. I love him, yeah. No, I completely agree, mate. Um, very, very quickly, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times between us, but have you got any other under and overrated players that you just want to shout out very quickly? Uh, I've done my over under underrated. I just got a couple. We'll do very quickly. Um, so whilst watching Brandon Dawless, number fifty pops off a lot, and that is Popo Amave. I didn't know a lot about him, in all honesty, mate. And I went and grabbed three games because I was so impressed, and I couldn't find a lot not to like. Um, they go on the ground. That was the one thing he did get knocked about and ends up on the floor too much. But it's not through. Um, it's all through over trying in a mm. way. He's always trying to make a play on something and we'll end up off balance unfortunately uh but he's a decent little plugger and plenty of of it's kind of dirty work work again where he's, he's, he's holding up the double teams but he's penetrating them as well he's, he's causing nuisance even when he's got two people on him he's someone i didn't really know about and i want to keep an eye on him this year because with him and Dorless and the two linebacks i think there's something forming there yeah, they've got a couple and, of good defensive uh, backs as well. If you're going to dig into the the sort of corners and things like that, they'll they'll kind of pop pop off the screen. I think a little bit. Mm, cool. Yeah, I haven't got to them yet. And uh, Jackson Player is someone that I've liked from Tulsa um, a quite few years now. He's transferred into Baylor, so him and Sakiko are, are going to be quite a mm. little fun pairing in the middle. Um, Jackson Player was someone because. Tulsa don't get to play many teams, but I watched the Oklahoma State and the Ohio State games. Obviously, they're two. He's he's moving some proper proper quality offensive linemen. I mean, he's mm. short. He's just fun. He's 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 just really really fun. Does he have an NFL high ceiling? Probably not. But yeah, just someone I wanted to throw out there because he's someone that really does excite me. He's, he's another get out your chair guy, um, and you root for him because he's. He's a he's a short fat fella. <laughs> I feel like I quite with it. So yeah, like him. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got Gay Paul as well on the Baylor defensive line as well. So they've that three three sort of front that they'll have is, is full of talent. And I've got a bit of a soft spot for their whole team. To be honest, I feel like they've produced quite a lot of good players and really kind of my pick for the Big Twelve this season. But they should be a fun watch as as they have been for the past couple of years. But so we'll switch over to the edge and we'll we'll kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Um, I'll dive into my number five. I think this overall, I think we said earlier, um, this could have been a few players, I think. But I've settled on um, another big 12 player, actually, as we kind of segue from that one to the other, is uh, Will McDonald from Iowa State. I was I was quite a big fan of him, actually. I, I, I kind of like him as a speedy, bendy penetrator whose scheme versatile can play as a stand-up guy, can play with his hand in the dirt. He's obviously coming off... I think two seasons where his production has been off the charts, albeit not in a conference where tackles are a plenty. So he's not going to up against the greatest in competition. Um, he's kind of light, you know, two forty-five, but he's got six foot four. He's got a bit. I don't think he's got maxed out frame as of yet. 
Um, not an amazing run defender, could be stronger, as I said before, could be bigger as well. Um, so incomplete sort of prospect, but he knows how to win. And he knows, and you know, he's shown that over the past couple of seasons. I'll be expecting to see another good season from him. And if he continues, if he puts together three back-to-back-to-back years of production and, and high-quality reps, then I don't see why he can't sneak into the back end of the first round. I don't have him graded quite that highly, being my number five player. But if he puts together another good year, I think he's he's got a chance to be to be a really strong player in this class. Do you have him in your top five? I'm going to guess Paul. I'm not looking at reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't dislike him. My issues are with the run defense. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. I don't think it's good. And I heard or read somewhere that he was playing at 220 last year. Oh, really? All oh, right, okay. Um, that's, a, that's a problem. I was yeah, even Chris <laughs> which, which, <laughs> No, no, exactly. Um, and it would explain why he was so... I mean, yeah, the production is there. I took in two games. I took Northern Iowa and Kansas State. And he was productive in those games, but he's productive mm-hmm. against the right tackles. The left tackles for those teams are Cooper Beebe, who I love of Kansas State, and Trevor Penning. <laughs> um, and Penning got the better of him. I put here... Most of them could have been done as holding, but he was on the ground a lot. Because <laughs> um, uh, I think pe- pe- Penning's skill set is a little bit, um, I think you could call for holding every single play. But McDonald ended up on the ground uh, against those two a lot. Um, probably if he's playing at 220, you know, that's probably why. But as a pure pass rusher, absolutely has everything you want. Uh, the bend is brilliant. Mm. Um, the dip under, got a lot. I just think if that's all he is, where does that go? Um, I just like a few more better. Uh, but yeah, he was talking that's the, 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 I said for us, I think, well, for me, four or five, probably down to eight, nine are all very, very mm-hmm. similar. McDonald's probably the back end of that lot for me, yeah. Fair enough, mate. Who, who does make it into that top five then for yourself? Five, I'm probably going to be a little bit lower than most, I think. I've got Isaiah Foskey of Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, um, he comes a little bit later for me. But I do like Foskey. So, this, this, like I said, this is a talented group. And, and he could, yeah, he could have been four or five for me. He's, so I know, I saw from my game notes, I knew what he was. I wanted to go back and watch the Oklahoma State game, the bowl game, because that's the game I didn't really catch. I did a deep dive on that. And to me, that's the microcosm of what Foskey is. Um, a couple of absolutely unbelievable plays. Um, speed, dip, rip, sack, bosh, false fumble. It's unbelievable. You go, oh, yes. And he doesn't do a massive amount during the game after that. Um, steady, nothing, you know, not doing anything wrong. He's not getting run at or anything particularly bad. Just sort of contained. And Notre Dame used him quite funny as well at times, uh, lying out in all kinds of odd places. Um, but then right at the end, uh, they need a play. He chases the quarterback out who's, who's scrambling away and forces a fumble out in the flat, just stripping at the ball. And again, it's the F. That's, the, that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. He was much bigger than I thought he was. So when I looked at his listed sizes, I was like, oh, because you move a lot better than that. Than, I think he's, he's at 260 or something. He moves a lot a lot lighter than that. He looks incredibly smooth and athletic. So there's loads to like. Um, I just find him... The burst plays are massive and big, but they're not quite as frequent as I want. But again, I'm being nitpicking because the other guys above this are, are special. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate, because I've got him a little bit higher. I, I'm not going to piggyback off you immediately. I'm going to kind of come in a little bit later. Um, I'm going to come in with my number four then, who isn't Isaiah Foskey, um, but it is from a school that we've just mentioned um, a minute ago because you mentioned Kansas State. I'm big on big 12 pass rushers by the sounds of it. And, there's only really one player ahead on the defensive side of the ball that people are going to be bothered about with Kansas State this year, and that's Felix Adenuki Izoma. Um, this guy is very, very good, I thought. I thought he was a really exciting player to watch. Um, I'm one who, as you might be able to tell from my list, loves a speed rusher, of which he is another one. Um, six or three, 252 pounds, explosive first step, speedy, bendy. I think like the ceiling is super, super high. I think he broke out last year with about 14 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks. Um, he has good length, I feel, from what I've seen on tape. He's super, super raw. I feel like this year 
he could be like a couple a player that I saw a couple of years ago who you'll remember from Oregon State, Hamilcar Rashad, who I don't think he's in the league anymore, but he got <laughs> a season where he had 22 sacks, if I remember correctly. And then the season after that, he had one. Yeah, and I think he was an undrafted free agent. Um, and it's like, I feel like this guy could go that way, but he needs to put together another season where he does get, you know, 14, 15 sacks and really becomes that star. But again, kind of projections worked into this a little bit because I just liked him so much. You know, when you just like a player, you just kind of pump him up a little bit more. Like I say, he needs to get stronger. Run game is a problem, but, you know, it's 252, could, you know, get put on another 20 pounds and or 10, 15 pounds and probably still remain as quick and as bendy as he is. He's a junior, so he's pretty young still. But yeah, he's a player that just really excited me. And it's not really a school that I get too excited about usually. So it's always a bit like a bit of a surprise and it maybe uh, excites me a little bit more when they're not from Alabama or Clemson. Do you know what I mean? Although saying that, I probably picked the wrong schools there because that's two teams that we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah, no, he's my number four too. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. I've got absolutely relentless motor. goes hard every play. Frustratingly inconsistent against the run. Has trouble setting the edge, get moved off by tight ends. Uh, when asked to crash down the run, he is disruptive. He does make plays. Uh, he's a great straight player. Can really rock with those hands off the snap. Gets the offensive tackle off balance straight away. Love the way he plays. Fun watch. Kind of pass rusher most teams need. Uh, I did take the TCU game. Where I think he has six sacks. Which <laughs> <laughs> my, things my, made him suffer. Yeah. Um, but I do love everything that you said. He's absolutely spot He's is one of those dynamic edges that you just think I think there's more to come and I hope I hope we go upwards because if we go upwards he's he reminds me of um I'll go like his name there Ebiketti. Oh yeah I liked the lights yeah I almost gave Ebiketti a first round grade because uh, yeah there's very very similar it's a good it's a good compact to now think about it yeah I like that I think um, I'm not going to pronounce his name but old Felix is going to do a proper proper good job they've got Cooper Beebe on the offensive tackle this fella Kansas State were almost worth tuning in for Juice Vaughn as well yeah he's exciting yeah yeah there's a yeah I might watch one of his next year (laughs) (laughs) just the one just one, yeah. Just the one, that's all they get. No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's. I think the arrow is pointing upwards as well. I don't mean to sound like I'm you know, kind of thinking, well, you'll, you'll kind of be a one-season wonder, obviously. But yeah, I think he's got a lot of ingredients, again, that could make him a really special player at the next level. So um, I'm just going to piggyback off that, which turns into another player who you've already mentioned, who I feel like can be that. I, I like Isaiah Foskey a lot, and he's my number three. I feel like he's got a lot of nuance to his game and I feel like that's the first player that I've said that about today. I feel like he's got balance to his game as well. I don't think he's just a speed rusher or just a power rusher. I think he can do a little bit of both as well. I think he's a dynamic player. As you kind of mentioned, I think he jumps off the screen with the plays that you were kind of mentioning, like you know, backside chase downs and things like that, not kind of letting anyone kind of rest for a second and the motor's just really, really hot. And I think the only thing I can say is I don't think he's the longest player in the world, but... I think he makes up for it in a lot of other ways. And I think he's a really, really good player, a player that I could have watched many, like quite a lot of games with. And um, yeah, again, again, a player that I'll be looking out for when I watch uh, Notre Dame games in the next few weeks. Do you think, I mean, my only problem is I I feel as though they used him really odd. Yeah, he he does have a bit of a weird usage. It's like he was, he's almost like that high school player who's like the best at everything. So he just like does a bit of everything at the front, like the front seven version of that, I think. Yeah, I just felt they may have they may have spoiled his production a little bit by yeah. almost sacrificing him to let rush lanes open for other players. I don't know. I feel yeah, I feel it might have been slightly misused last year. But yeah, they're gonna have a system change hopefully this year. So Hopefully know. they accentuate that, that, that talent that he has yeah. rather than like you say sacrificing it a little bit. But yeah, so no, I really like, like Fosky. Yeah, I like him because these five are, are, are really good, yeah. All right, um, where we're up to then, are you, you're up to one of the three now, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm guessing you haven't got Nolan Smith in your top five. Six. It's number six. And I can understand why, because we're going to have a size debate again, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are, yeah. Uh, but he's very, very good. But he is I... exclusively an outside linebacker, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's the first point, right? What is, what 
is he essentially? And I went and watched the two biggest games they played, the, the SEC Championship game and then the, the National Championship. And he, he surprisingly lined up more with hand on the dirt in those games than previous watches. So uh, they were letting him oh, go. And he's only 235, probably. Yeah. Um, and he gave Evan Hill problems. Um, now, a lot of those with speed, obviously, because Evan Hill was a big man. But um, there's something about Nolan Smith that is... He's special. I think he's got special traits. They can't play that position full time at two thirty-five. So what do you do? And I've got a couple of these guys that we might have a little note about later um, in the same bucket because they're they're strong enough to play that, but you just you can't hold up full time mm. playing. That way. Uh, but we're no the, the, the clips of Nolan Smith. I've, I'm all in on. That he's got a pass rush plan. I said you can't give Evan Neal. He's getting his chest, moving him, and making him. He's making him shit his pants at times. <laughs> Evan Neal was not enjoying that at all. Um, you got the number one pick on the other side, and this guy is absolutely bossing it more than he was, in my opinion. So yeah, big Nolan Smith fan. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan as well. He definitely stands out. Um... You know, obviously everyone watched a ton of Georgia games last year. They've been the best team in the country. But yeah, he's definitely a player that stands out. I wonder, and it's something that I've noted down, mate, I wonder if I can get your thoughts on this with Nolan Smith, that if he can get up to like 250, can he be this kind of hybrid linebacker slash edge player? You know, I'm seeing it for a Chargers lens a little bit, obviously, because it's the team that I watch and, and know the most about. But obviously the Chargers signed Kyle Van Noy, and he's going to be this edge three slash linebacker player. I wonder if he can play like that because he's got the speed across the ground to be a rangy kind of linebacking kind of player. But obviously he's got edge chops as well and he can get low and he can get bendy and his speed his speed rush is really, really good. Not like how Van Noy is that kind of rusher, but that kind of role is what I'm kind of aiming towards. What, what do you reckon to that? Yeah, 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 it's totally different to Van Noy. I get what you're saying. The role that they may play might be similar. Um I think if he can put on 10, if he can get anywhere near 250, I think he could play edge full-time and not have to worry about any okay, fair dropping back. Um, but he plays, he does the coverage, the covering the flats really well as mm. well. So Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. You almost, you don't want to stop that. Um, a 3-4 team, I think, will lick their chops at him. Mm. Yeah, and, he, you know, the sort of, a true outside linebacker, I'm not sure, really exists anymore. You just stand up a bigger guy. Um, I think um, with Nolan Smith, though, there's so much talent there, and I've, the, the knock on him, I think, for most people, is that it's taken him this long to actually start. Because I think he may have been the number one recruit coming out in his year, and it's taken him this long to actually to show us. But I mean, I think, I mean, I guess probably someone that has tried to put on ten pounds. I'm sure that the they may have seen the skill set and think, why aren't you at 250? And perhaps that's all you can manage, 235 if you can. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting what these guys are going to do because obviously we're judging in the summer now and they've still got a season to play. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. But it, it, again, with all the losses that they've had on their sort of personnel and that defence, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys do who stay behind, like, you know, Carter and obviously Nolan Smith and how they kind of, fall, you know, it's still a good, obviously it's still a great unit of a lot of talent, but can they do it when it's not a whole, you know, 15 <laughs> players who are of this level throughout the unit? I don't know, but interesting to see. I'm guessing we've got the same top two. We do. We've got Miles Murphy and, and Will Anderson. Let's not beat around the bush too much. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'll leave I'll us take off. Oh, go on. I'll go on then. Go on then. Take Anderson. Because right. um, I've got a small hot take. It's not really hot, I don't think. But Miles Murphy, I think, is what Jacksonville think Trayvon Walker is. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, similar size. I end up in a kind of similar role. But Miles Murphy is better right now, I think, than Trayvon Walker. Oh, um, interesting. And again, uh, uh, there's a double edge to because I'll... I've slept a third round grade on Walker. I was not, I didn't see enough 
at Georgia for that to be the number one overall pick. If you told me he's a back-in first-round player, I could buy and set with the athletics. I think that was unbelievable. Obviously, you'd back that. Uh, but the tape was not the number one player. I'm not saying Miles Murphy is the number one player, but he's been good. And he's almost... I mean, again, they ask him to... I mean, he lines up wide and, and has to threaten an edge. Uh, but he does a lot of work inside as well because he's a bigger... Yeah, he's big, bigger, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I just think that Miles Murphy, next to Brissy, if Brissy can stay healthy, that as we're talking about the linebackers with Clemson as well. That's a that's a front seven that's because I quite like Xavier Thomas as well, who's mm. the other Clemson fellow who's been injured a lot, and but last year he really put it together as well. It's a talented front three, but Miles Murphy has everything that Walker has. I, I think from a playing style, um, he's nowhere near as athletic, and that's what's going to be the problem. Um, it's a toss up for because him and Nolan Smith are the opposite ends of the size for what and yeah. work they're totally different. That's why I had troubles thinking who was two and who was three. But I do like my Miles Murphy a fair bit. I think I think he's still probably slightly underappreciated a little bit. Um, I don't think he puts up gaudy stats, which is unfortunately where you know your, your, your stat boy scoutings won't, won't pick up on it. But I there's enough to like about uh, Miles Murphy to be, I think, a top top half of the first round player. And like I said, for me, he's better than Trayvon Walker is personally. Yeah, no, and uh, I think he's two seventy five, isn't he? Six foot five, two seventy five. So I think he's comfortably the biggest guy that I've talked about, and probably the same for you. Thinking about mm. the, the differences that you've got um, in there, I think he's just like a complete player. I don't think you've got too much, like you say, the athleticism isn't like that elite, elite level kind of top 1% that we're kind of talking about maybe next. But there isn't much to kind of pick holes in here, is there, with Miles Murphy? I just think he's a top, top player and he's going to he's gonna be a very, very, you know, highly sought after draft pick come April next year. I think you summed it up really nicely. I can't really add too much more. So I'll move on into potentially, well, like I say, it's all about quarterback needy teams, isn't it? But this is the potential number one pick, isn't it, that... That we kind of want to see again. I really cannot pick any holes in that. The only negative that I've got in my column, and I'll start off with that. It's going to be quite quick. Is that I felt that Alabama's system is geared towards giving in production, and that's about it. You know, the fact that that is maybe slightly inflated. But then again, I don't think I'd even really mind if he had uh, four sacks or something because you can see that it's all there. You know what I mean? He's an absolute rock star. Insane first step. And I said this about Thibodeau, and I say this about every edge rusher because that's what I generally like. I had Algelari a couple of years ago. I had Thibodeau last year. If you've got a good first step and you can kind of beat someone with you kind of dipping and bending, and I probably like you quite a lot. But he's also very, very strong. But a man who is six foot four and two forty ish, maybe a touch more, he plays with so much more strength, and he does a little bit inside as well, doesn't he? His motor doesn't stop. Uh, you know, his hand usage is, is good, but could it be better? Probably. I feel like he could have a more of a repertoire of moves. But again, it's only going to, and this is kind of what I meant earlier on, it's only going to mean that he gets better. So I don't know. He's like all the 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 traits that I look for on my grading scale, he doesn't score lower than eight on any of them. Do you know what I mean? And there's, there's a handful of tens for explosiveness, first step, you know, things like that, of, of that ilk and strength. And think, he's just. There's nothing you can say that, that, that doesn't mean he's, he's not the best player in college football. Yeah, he's, he's the he's the Heisman Trophy winner from last year, right? Which he should, should have been. been. Yeah, should have been. Absolutely. Should have been. Um, there's nothing. Yeah, can't add to that because he's almost perfect. I think the only thing <laughs> people, people will knock is that he's in at two forty. But it doesn't well, he doesn't matter, play but... like it though. He exactly. Like he's like two seventy. It doesn't really matter. With, with Nolan Smith, the weight will be an issue because he can get pinballed a little bit. Mm. It's not Will, will Anderson could dominate people 100 pounds heavier. Yeah. He's got everything. He's got absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. Um, maybe very, very quickly, have you got any under and overrated players? Maybe just give us some names. I'll just, I, I, I like um, Nick Hampton from App State, Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, but these are stand up linebackers because they're yes. too small, but they are incredibly athletic. Uh, pass rushers and I like Yaya Darby Darby sorry from Louisville if, if you can get some eyes on him he's quite fun um, we've spoken a little bit my underrated player is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech I would advise everyone to get a few couple of eyes on him 
player that I really enjoyed watching, um, but didn't quite crack my top six, seven players. But he's he's a good watch, really good watch. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I caught a couple of games of his, and they were, yeah, very one, one I want to watch yeah. a little bit more of. Um, but Keith, we'll, we'll wrap that up there, mate. Um, defensive side of the ball is done. I think we're looking forward to a good class in the next few. Um, a few months and weeks, but just tell us again where we can find you on, on social media and then we'll get out of it. Uh, just at Lord Luckin uh, on Twitter. And I'm at Wakefield90 on Twitter as well. So thanks for listening. This has been the Defensive Line and Edge episode for this year's Summer Scouting Series over here at the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And Raj will be back with Scouting Podcast for you very, very soon. And that'll be our next episode that's out on the airwaves. Once we've done and wrapped up the Summer Scouting series, we will be looking to fire up the College Football Podcast again for in-season. And uh, yeah, we can't wait for that because it's literally just a few days away. But yeah, thanks again for joining us here on the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We will see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.